one thought from each of the readings from the book of Genesis. The Lord creates Eve out of the side of Adam, and there is a, a unity that the two of them share in this first God-given natural union of, of marriage. The unity is so profound, we're told that uh, the man clings to his wife, the two of them become one flesh, and in that unity, then, in light of this, the, the comment is made, Adam and Eve don't have their own father and mother, right? That there's no mother-in-law and father-in-law involved in Adam and Eve. But because this is the model for, for marriage, the Lord tells us as a comment, because of, of what God is doing here in, in marriage, a man leaves his father and mother and clings to his wife and the two of them become one flesh. I, that the, the decisiveness of the union between husband and wife necessitates a leaving father and mother. And just very gently, I wonder how often do some of those struggles between uh, mother-in-law and daughter-in-law, son-in-law, father-in-law, all of that, how often are those struggles the result of, of an unwillingness to, to let that, that leaving be decisive? In the gospel, the woman who is Syrophoenician, um, often we see this in the gospels, those who are not Jewish seem to have an easier time approaching the Lord in faith because they don't carry into their encounters with him any necessary set of, of expectations for what he's going to be like the way that, that the Jews would. Uh, the, we, we know that, that even apart from what God had revealed, they they came, they arrived at an expectation that, of what the Messiah should look like. And so many of them wrestle with the fact that Jesus is not who they thought or expected he should be. But among those outside of the Jews, there was a certain freedom. We, we don't have any, like, I'm a Greek, I'm a Syrophoenician. My background is, we, my ancestors worshiped all the gods, like I don't have any particular understanding of what I think you should be. I'm not gonna put a burden on you to be who I think you should be. And so there's a, there's a greater freedom in faith for them in many cases. There's something important in that for us that we can learn from. It, we certainly have our own expectations of who we think he should be. That comes from our parents, it comes from when we were younger, maybe what we heard a priest or a deacon preaching. Lots of things funnel in, into that. And we can, very often, without even appreciating it, we can approach God with expectations. And when he doesn't meet them, we can, we can end up greatly disappointed, very angry, bewildered, whatever it might be. As we have this passage with the woman who seems to approach with a freedom like I, I'm not even worried ab ab about whatever your plan is to let the children be fed first I'm just saying if I'm a dog under the table I'm here and so th there's a freedom she has 
today it would be a great thing for us to pray, to, to have that, that freedom and faith. Lord, release me from any uh, undue expectations I might have of you. Free me from anything that may get in the way of me being able to receive you as you are. Help me to remember that, that I'm not the one making you in my image and likeness. Help me to be free from anything that prevents my faith from, from being as full and great and wide and big as, as, it, as it should be. Um, let's ask the Lord to give us that, that gift today, that kind of, of faith that, that doesn't hold the Lord bound by who we think he should be, but lets him operate in, in the total freedom that, that he needs to have in order to save us.